0: hello and welcome to high shelf gaming podcast i'm the host david gillespie every week i'm joined by my co-host rich wisneski and we bring on guests to talk about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions if this is up your alley feel free to download listen subscribe and please rate us on itunes it really helps people find us you can also connect with us on twitter at high shelf gaming and join our facebook group high shelf gaming podcast It's a closed group, but click to join, we're friendly to everybody, and we'll get you added in. We also have a Discord server to talk games with us all you like. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here again, and as always, I am joined by the harmonious Rich Wisniewski. Hello, hello, hello! (laughs) <laughs> Hola, mi amigo, ¿cómo está? <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, today we are joined by some uh, great friends of ours. We met him at Gen Con, Hugo and Fernando. Hugo, why don't you introduce yourself first? Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your gaming background, your gaming chops, that kind of thing, and then we'll talk to
1: Fernando next. Definitely. Thank you very much. So uh, my name is Hugo Hernandez. I started playing D&D a while back, actually, my first the game was actually uh, with Advanced D&D. Then I moved into BASIC. When I went back to Mexico, I think we're going to talk a little bit about it. And basically, for the past several years, I would say we've been playing four mains gamely. It would be D&D, a lot of superhero games, Call of Cthulhu, and Star Wars. I mean, we usually try newer stuff, but I would say my longest campaigns have been on those four systems very nice and he
2: is still sane, people cthulhu yeah. has not taken his sanity
0: i'm sure that he's lost a couple of characters to insanity though yes. right most i would say all of them yeah <laughs> very nice and we're joined by your childhood friend right uh, hugo and fernando yes. you guys both go way back fernando welcome to the show man and feel free to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your your gaming background
3: thank you so much well my name is Fernando. i'd like to make a point here that hugo skipped we're both mexican and i think he's being a little bit of um, uh, um nice saying we go back a couple of years we've actually been playing for the past 30 years i was 30 yes. years old when hugo approached me and said hey you know um a friend of mine taught me a game i'd like to introduce you to it so Come over Saturday night, and we played Dungeons and Dragons Basic that yeah, night. Red box. And I can still remember the name of the main bad guy, Dragster. He was pretty original. Dragster name. And we had a blast. And it's been 30 awesome years ever since. Yeah, and how
0: old were you guys again when you started?
3: Well, I was 13.
1: Beautiful. Uh, I, was, I was 10 the first time I played. Nice. You were 10? Yes. I actually went on
3: a loop for a bunch of years, you
1: <laughs>
0: You kept it under wraps for for, for three or four years yeah. before you told your Secret friend about
2: exposed it. Exposed on high shelf gaming.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, and so today we're kind of talking about this experience that you guys both have as international gamers. And I'm really curious. How did you get your hands on materials? What was it like? Was everything in English, and you had to learn English in order to play D and D, or was there were there English red boxes and basic sets? What what did, what did that look like?
1: Okay, so basically, well, just just giving you some background and, and also explaining why I kept Fernando in the shadows for so long. So, I I first learned to play D and D when I actually I was an exchange student. I actually got to go to the states during the summer. And that's where I learned how to play AD&D. Where
2: did you land? I have to ask, where <laughs> were you living in the States?
1: It, I was living in uh, Pennsylvania. It was actually a, a very, very small town. Okay,
2: hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have some awesome Pennsylvania listeners and oh, really? friends. What little town is this? Because they're from a little town too. I'm about to throw everything in the air. If you say <laughs> the name, I'm thinking. Where, Where, where was it?
1: It was a small town near, near Lebanon. It was, I think, close to Reading, uh, Pennsylvania, but it was very small town. Uh, it's, man, the other day I looked at it in Google Maps. I, I think it has something like 1,000, 2,000 people. It's, I think it was called Richmondstown, I believe. Okay. I, I need to look it up. I need You to look
2: weren't it up. there. You weren't where they are. That was going to be really bizarre if some of our friends <laughs> played games with you years ago, there's a but, lot
0: of small towns in Pennsylvania. Yes, I'll go
2: back to uh, <laughs> yes. To please continue your story.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not a problem. So, so basically, I mean, that's where I played. Now, uh, it was very funny because uh, I, I literally ended up learning how to play in a basement. Apparently, it, it this was this was I think it was kind of like in the middle of the whole craze that this was like a satanic game. So I, I know in a lot of these towns, so it was it was well, it was not. Taking lightly. If you said, well, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. So it was like something this, fo- the, the guys that taught me, they, they did it. Like it was something they try to keep it as a secret. So right. it, it was, it, it was, very funny because I mean, I never, I mean, I, I got to see the books, but I never got to read them because it was like, I think they only had like a player's handbook, a DM's guide. And that was about it. And I I, I try to get a a a hold of a a copy of those books, but I but I couldn't.
0: You're like ten. You can't drive yourself to a bookstore and then and then and then convince your host family, hey, I wanna buy this thing that everybody says is satanic.
1: (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So, so I mean, I think we only had like there was only like a supermarket in in all of the town. So, it, it, I mean, there was no way of actually getting it. No way. I mean, and I, I not even I, I swear to God, I even said, "Well, uh, let me just take a photocopy of the of the character sheet. I, I just want to take that. Not even that." So, no. so I ended up coming back to Mexico, and about six months later, I found. A group in, in the school where uh, actually Fernando and myself, where we pretty much spent most of our childhood. I mean, at that point in time, I think it was like in junior high. I was like in sixth grade or seventh. Mm. And these guys were seniors. And wait, wait, they, and you're,
3: skipping, you're skipping a, sp- a part here. Mm-hmm. You're skipping a very important part. Oh. Remember, Cisneros, Carlos Cisneros, another friend of ours, he started playing or he played too. But see, we back then you didn't have Amazon and all that, so and obviously you did not have a hobby store in Guadalajara, Mexico. So he used, you know, this putty you know that hardens that you use hmm. to, to, to seal up. Oh, uh, yes, you know that? Oh, yes, and yes he utilized that to the- um,
2: mess with my minis. If something breaks, I'll use that plumber's hardener okay. to kind of bring things together. Okay, so he used that putty. You know, we
3: had a die eight made of that putty, putty. <gasps> so every time you rolled, you rolled the same number six, six, six because it was all it was long, you know. But that's that's what we had. That's what we had. Yeah.
2: Polyhedral dice, exactly, made of, of plumber's putty that we used to add, like a, like if you want to give your guy a cane, you can make a little cane in it, hardens uh, up, glue it to your mini. Oh,
3: that's gosh. what we had. That is amazing it was it was all the point of rolling the dice we could have probably just do a bunch of little papers and just pull out a paper and all that a number but no you needed to roll the dice oh yeah that's the
0: thing you know what's amazing is we had another guest a while back talking about accessibility in gaming and he that's how he did it they had they had slips of paper in a coffee cup that they would draw from i love i love that i mean it's it's kind of sucks that you guys had to like make your own dice you couldn't just go and buy your own dice but cool. it's still really neat that you guys, all right, I need dice. I got to roll something. So I'm going to sit here with exactly. this putty and make yeah. dice so that I can roll something. That is great. Exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was until Hugo
3: finally got his hands on a basic edition
1: box. You know, the mm-hmm. red – was it the red box or the, the – No, the- it, it was actually the, the one previous one. It was the – I think it was the pink box. It, it came exactly. out – I think it came out in like in 81. It was right before the red box.
0: You had a set of dice with a crayon on it to color in the numbers. It was resin dice without any paint or anything on them. And you had to sit there with a crayon and like (laughs) go back and forth until the wax from the crayon like sets into the number. Yeah,
2: except for when you were cool and you went to your crayon collection and you made like different colored numbers. And
0: <laughs> oh, were you were oh, we you started, a cool we started were started you again. a cool kid? Yeah. Oh, you had you, you probably a- had the Crayola Superbox or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody had the Crayola Superbox, Rich. Come on, man. And we
3: ended up playing with those dice for what four, five years. One set of dice. Playing yes.
1: With that. Yes. It, it, it took us. Yeah, it took us about yeah about five years to get a second set of dice it's it, it was really complicated so and and i think i mean just just to give i mean give you a little bit of a context because it's 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 funny i even tell my kids right now this and they cannot believe it so so uh, i mean really at that point in time uh, i would say not only mexico but all, all of latin america we were really closed economies so we really had no major us products flowing in i mean you you couldn't get get anything so, so much I mean, just,
3: less RPG stuff. Oh yes. yeah, no,
1: no way. And and and, and even and, and even when we had a chance to go to the states, well, it it was very funny because usually whenever we went to the states, we were looking like for comic book stores or hobby stores or whatever we could, and and and, and usually they were located in like strip malls or something like. I mean, not very in not very touristy areas. So just oh, right. convincing. Sorry, just convincing someone, I mean, your parents to take you over there. So I don't know, just to a a shady looking store just because you're looking for some books. Which, I mean, up to this day, I think my mom still doesn't understand what I've been playing for the past 30 years. Let's put our moms together because
2: I have a feeling that is a common sentiment among moms. But, yeah, but to emulate, you know, what you were saying, 100%, we would have to ride our bikes over, around, and under and go to that side strip mall that was actually about to fall down. And that's the only way those guys could afford the rent.
0: It's amazing Precisely, to me. Precisely. Yeah. You guys weren't able to get a hold of comics or regular like gamer nerd stores. The, the products just weren't coming into the country. So whenever you did get into the states, sure they're there, but they're not anywhere near where you are. So there's all this extra time and effort spent in just getting to the store. And then you're probably like, "Hey, I got to buy all these things cuz I'm not going to get them anywhere else." And your parents are like, "No." You get one thing, maybe.
1: <laughs> pretty well, there's much. A thing,
3: there's a thing here. There was a store, a big, big, big store slash restaurant slash, you know, get all the, the where all this nice stuff would go into a La of And they did have comic books. Hugo was a very good, a very, it uh, still is uh, pretty avid comic book reader and follower. So we were around sixth grade. I was in sixth grade. And we went to one of the pages, one of the comic books, and we saw that we could order dice. So the little group of friends we had, it was about six or seven of us, we ordered some dice from there. We were all excited. It took us six months to get those dice. You can imagine what what it was like. Is
0: that customs? customs or something,
3: right? Yeah, for the dice to get there. It was terrible. So they finally got there and we had our the dice. They see, something good came out of this. We had our dice, so now we carried our dice bag everywhere, right? And <laughs> I had my dice bag in my desk because we were going to be playing on a Friday afternoon right after school. And my my teacher, my math teacher, walked up, grabbed the dice, picked it, put it in his palm, and said, hmm, do I detect Dungeons & Dragons dice here? What? And that, that kind of changed our, our RPG life, Mr. Jeffrey Stroud, which we've been trying to get a hold of for the past, what is it, 25 years?
1: Yep, pretty much. Yep. Wow.
3: If he, if he ever taught in Guadalajara, an American school in Guadalajara, Mexico, and his name's Jeffrey Stroud, I'm going to get in contact with us. Because wow. he taught us a whole different aspect of role-playing games. You know, we were back then into the, all uh, right, I'm a fighter. Bum! I hit you. Wham, you hit me. Wham, I hit you. Wham, you hit me. Wham, mm-hmm. I hit you. No, okay, let's advance, pick up the treasure, and keep, keep on going. Yeah. And he introduced the whole gamut of what actually what role playing this, no, playing the part of the of the of the player of the character, and he completely changed our style and and got
2: us deeper into the game. You That's mean awesome. you just couldn't watch Critical Role? Oh yeah, isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. Something we've chatted <laughs> about bad. before that kids now or young people now can go, huh? I wonder how a DM does this, and they can watch twenty th- programs on how to yes. DM. Whereas you guys were in this bubble and it took someone with more experience to kind of expose, Oh no, it's not just hit each other, even though that's a pretty damn good game too.
1: right? It is. And actually, I mean, right now that Fernando's mentioning, I think the first thing he taught us is uh, first of all, I don't think we killed a single character like for the first four or five years we played. Oh, sure. And we play with this guy. And he kills the whole party in our first game. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We got to find this guy because
2: I want to shake his hand. (laughs) TPK on teenagers. It's like boom I'm crying. (laughs) Like you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you
3: something about this guy just really quick. I was in my last year of primary school, you know, in sixth grade. Google was in his what third year of junior high. Junior high, yep. And this guy, he was probably like 27, but to us he seemed like very, very old because you know he's a teacher and all that. He knew he knew the manuals, front, back, back, front. I mean he was he was such a smart guy. he would play the high school um, chess team while against the four best players blindfolded while eating chips and just telling them, each one of them, what, what, what he'd be doing. They try to take him, you know, to Pawnee, to, to said, no, 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 you have nothing there. So this guy was really, really, really smart. So he knew all the characters, all the books, everything. He did not need the books. So we were back to square one in that aspect. He did not have the books and neither did we. We just had to go with whatever he told us. Then we got home and we said, you know, we're going to get together with Mr. Stroud and play Dungeons and Dragons. So this is what my parents heard. All right. We're going to get together with our teacher who's 27 and we are 13. And he's coming over home and we're going to be playing board games. That sounded a little bit off to our parents. Uh... But eventually they saw the game. They saw that we were doing things that weren't normal and everything. And they started giving a little bit of lenient into that. And that really helped us, helped us,
0: you know, catapult into the gaming. You know, what's funny is that a lot of times we hear a lot of stories about people, especially in their early teens, playing this game. And it's always the parents like, all right, they're going to they're going to sit in and watch one of these games just to see if it's as bad as everybody says it is. They quickly see that it's not. And then they realize, well, you know, my kids aren't like going off getting into trouble. You know, right. they're staying at home playing this game, this all right, you know, I don't really get the game, but my kids are being good kids. So, heck, yeah, do your thing, you know. I'll get you a book. You want a book? All right, I'll go buy you a book, you know, if that's if that keeps you doing this thing.
2: International professional, and Fernando's working in an emergency room. I mean, it's not like we have call-ins from jail, you know what I mean? it's, <laughs> like, it's like these guys were, you know, they the parents maybe finally realized that, oh, yeah. There is, you know what, these kids are playing a smart game. Mm -hmm.
3: Yes, you know, and I think it did get to that point because right next year when we were in junior high, we were sitting around and talking, you know what, it would be nice to go to the United States all together, and suddenly I said, well, I do have... uh, My grandpa do have an apartment in McAllen, Texas. We should go. Yes, we should go. And then someone was walking by who never even played and said, what are you guys talking about? We're thinking about going to McAllen. Oh, sure, let's go. And It ended up being a group of 12 And we just told my mom and we all hopped in a bus, took a bus trip to
1: to McAllen, Texas. I I still don't know how they let us go because basically it was 12 of us. Uh, I I think – I was one of the oldest ones. I was like 17 and we just got on a bus and drove all the way up to McAllen, Texas. (laughs) It wasn't like it wasn't like a chaperone or like a a (laughs) parent coming along with you guys.
3: They (laughs) waited for us over
0: there. They're like, Hugo, Hugo, you're a good kid. You're in charge.
3: (laughs) (laughs) David, but I'll I'll tell you how absurd this was. There was this guy coming with us. His name was Young Bum. He was a, a Asian guy. We hadn't even met him. He just walked by when he heard about our plan of going to, what are you guys talking about? We're going to be going to Macallan. Hey, I'd like to join. Sure, hop on.
2: <laughs> you know, sounds like a coming-to-age movie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it really true. sounds like a plot. You guys are all on a bus, and there's some evil guy trying to take a kid. We just <laughs> want to get some role-playing books, you know?
0: So you guys went there with this whole troop of, like, 12 people. You didn't even know some of them?
2: <laughs> no, and I'll tell you what happened.
3: My mom rented a car and we looked into the to the phone book and we found a place. It was called Hit or Myth. I still remember the name. That was our first official R store. That is an awesome
0: name for a gaming (laughs)
3: store. (laughs) 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 Took her 40 minutes to drove us there, then came back forty minutes, picked up the next batch. 40 minutes back, and then drove all yeah. up, over and down, over and down. And obviously, we kind of made the day for the guy that day, because this 12 kids drive in. We they bought everything. We wanted everything, definitely. Oh, yeah. That night, that night we played Temple of Elemental Evil. <gasps> of oh, yeah. It.
1: Yeah, we, we actually got a copy of that. I remember we oh. got... My- wow. Well, so I think we got like eight sets of dice. I mean, those were all the dice in the store. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like,
0: all these dice? Each of us is now getting our own set of dice. We're tired of sharing dice. (laughs) We're we're buying all your adventures. We're buying both your red boxes.
3: (laughs) Yep. Oh, we got our first official Dungeons & Dragons DMs guide, you know, they get the one where he's opening the doors to the vault. Yeah. (gasps)
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you finally get your real like DMs books. You're not just going off of somebody else's memory. Exactly.
2: Gosh, how did I just take for granted that it was a bike ride? And I would, get my, I would get my money from mowing some yards or mowing my yard, and I would go in and every week just be able to get whatever I needed. You know, pretty much they, maybe something wasn't in stock yet. Um, yeah. I guess there wasn't any publications coming out in Spanish, so you had to get everything in English from America.
1: Pretty much. It's, I mean, I, I know that, I mean, right now if you look for, for, for d d books in Spanish, I, I think we have some. Uh, but they're actually from Spain. So, so I mean, something that's Latin America specific, I think you can probably look around and you can find uh, some of that stuff. But even then, uh, right now it's complicated. We've had a chance to meet a couple of role playing uh, teams during the past couple of months, and they have the same the same issue. I mean, not everyone speaks English, so they either need to someone to manually translate some of the books. Or, I mean, just trust whatever they tell them. So it's like, yeah, yeah, what, that number you have over there, that means uh, that's your armor class. Just, just trust me. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because really, you don't have books in, in a lot of books in Spanish. I mean, I, I've seen tons of books in, 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 in French, tons of books in German. Uh, actually, there's a lot of books in Portuguese, but not a lot in Spanish. Very
2: interesting. It looks like I just did a little deep internet searching here. And in the dark webs, I found on March 21st of last year, they're announcing localized D&D 5th edition products. What, well, last year? Wow. <laughs> that wasn't 10 years ago. That was last year. And this still went
0: out. Wow. I'm sorry, though. It just amazes me. Amazes me. You, you know, the Witcher RPG, already localized. Yes, I was talking to them a while back and they sent me over a link. Was like, Oh, yeah, we're going to do Spanish. We're going to do Portuguese. We're going to do French. We're going to do German. They already have it in their plans before the game even came out that they're going to be localized. So that's really interesting to me. Wizards of the Coast, this giant company selling books all over the world are just now getting into localization. We're, I think well, some of these smaller companies are like, I have to do this because I've got yes. users from all over.
1: Well, here's a, here's the fun part uh, right now with Wizards of the Coast. So magic has actually uh, been in Spanish for like for the past 16 years. So apparently... I mean, Wizards of the Coast has been more focused on something that actually generates more revenue. So, I mean, I can tell you, Magic has been extremely popular here in Mexico. I think like for the past twenty years. And I think, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're a role player, you probably get to see, you you get to sell a couple of books in Spanish, and that's about it. In Magic, it's like everyone needs their own deck, and and you have expansion. So, I think it made more sense to have that in Spanish. And it's amazing that the same company was also doing some role-playing games and you have nothing in Spanish. So, so I think in the end, it was just the business model.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting that I, I, th- I think it's a great point about the different business models, right? Really require some products to have to be localized. Mm-hmm. And other products you can say, well, you know, it's okay if one person has all the books.
3: And then and then I'll tell you something that happened. We bought our first copy of the Dungeons and Dragons guide, uh DM's guide. That was mine, and then I went and promptly left it on a classroom and forgot about it. Oh no, 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 no. You see, but it's got its good po- it's got its good side. When I finally remembered it was after that period I mean one period I forgot it, then I spent the whole period worrying about it, and I ran back from it, and I did not find it. And it was not there. So I walk out of there all upset. <laughs> this guy walks by me talking to another guy and said, Wow, I can't believe I found a DMs guy. Look at this show. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. And you actually know what that is? And that's how we came across two very good friends, Marlon Gracie Joe Woon, who ended up being some of our major RPGers in a group for a couple of years. So because you got found- your
0: you get your book back, first off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you made yeah. two great friends
3: who already yes. knew, who already played. You see, they were both from the United States. They found the GM's guide and the, the DM's guide, and that's how we came in contact. So you play, yes, I play. Oh, that's nice. Well, we we'll invite you over. And everything, and we ended up having the blast. And they became two very good friends. We we're still in contact with them. They still play. Joe Moon is a big large player. Marlon gracious kind of been a little bit off the grid, but we we had a lot of fun with those two guys too.
0: Wow. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like I kind of say all the time that nerds can smell their own, you know, <laughs> like because, you know, back in the day, if you were too nerdy, you got beat up a lot. Right. And so you had to kind of put on a little bit of a normal face, had to kind of like hide out how nerdy you were. And then but you can still always sense your own. You're like, hi, you know what? You just made a comment that makes me think you're in the know mm-hmm. on D&D. You know, yeah,
2: they, they drop like a sentence out of the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, to the Galaxy.
3: Something I think wasn't the advantages of being in Mexico, away from the the, the normal day to day of D and D in the states. It wasn't that bad for us. I remember Ugo had a sedan, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a car, you know, a sedan. And I remember every Friday we'd go home and play. But one day, one day, the whole basketball team, the whole freaking basketball team, said, "Hey, we want to try this." Wow. It was about 16 of us riding in Hugo's car to my house. And we <laughs> yes. ended up having two tables, nine players in one table, nine players in the other one, Hugo DMing one, me DMing the other one. And everyone just having a blast. A bunch of them came back a couple of times, so they didn't like it and everything, but it was a whole different story. It was not as, as uh, it didn't have as much taboo or much.
1: Um, like a stigma. There was not a stigma, stigma if you played it. Yeah.
3: I
2: was going to say a social stigma. The words so, came right out of my mouth.
1: What was the
0: kind of next big step in gaming for you guys? Um,
3: I think there was a small step in there, which was my brother and his generation learning to play. So this new generation of players, and we started playing with them and all that. So that kind of gave it a little bit of a, of a you know, um, a spring overturn feeling. You know, it's sure. starting right over again. And by this time, we're we able to get our hands on Dragon magazines and oh, Dragon magazines. Yes, exactly. And that's where we see the 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 paperwork for Gen Con back then, thirty years ago. I think that was probably one of the objectives we've always had. Now that we were talking yeah. about this, that we always wanted to go to GenCon because we, we we just knew it was um, it was something important,
1: right? But we kept on playing, and and just like Fernando said, so so I mean we always I mean we always uh, talked about GenCon, and and and, that, and that's it. I mean I think we spoke about it, and that was about it, pretty much. I think it was when was it? It was last year, right? I think it was around October. So so we have like this uh, WhatsApp uh, group where oh, yeah. like everyone who role plays, I mean, we we just share uh, memes and all that. So it's I, I sent them a note and I said, you know what, I've been thinking about this and there's really nothing stopping us from going into Gen Con. It's like, I don't have the slightest idea if that's going to be expensive or not. I don't have the slightest idea what to expect. And I, and I think that was probably the biggest thing. It, it, I mean, we've met a lot, Of role players during the past couple of years and I mean what we found is that I mean of course there are guys that that have a playing style just like us but I mean there's there are so many different playing styles and we're like well we we, I mean what what can we expect it's like everyone is going to be larping at Gen Con it's like everyone's dressed (laughs) up or not or I mean for us we really had didn't have the slightest idea so I said Uh, you know uh, what we're going that's it. it's like i said i'm going i mean and if anyone wants to come just 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 let me know i'm going i don't care it's that's my mind made up
0: that is the that is the best way to make sure something happens is to say i am doing this you all can hit yourselves to my wagon and we can go together or i'm going alone and i'm gonna have a great time that's right if you sit there and go well i don't want to go unless i'm gonna have some friends come with me and then it's this uh, can you ever can you ever get the band together in the first place? It's really super smart of you to be like, dude, I'm just going. And if y'all want to come with, great, because it's going to be a blast. I'm going to make sure I have a good time kind of thing.
3: Yep. I'm um, touching a little bit on what he said about playing styles. Now that we were facing going to Gen Con, that's one of the things we have, like where are we getting ourselves into? And uh, we know there's a lot of manga and a lot of other stuff now. So, But when Hugo said, who's jumping on? I said, let's do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because the worry is, I'm going to get there and it's all cartoony. It's all oh, yes. hijinks or it's all LARPing, right? Everybody wants to stand yeah, around right. and act yeah. in character and they're going to be wearing armor. And it's
1: like, I'm not prepped for any of this.
2: Well, worse yet, it's fourth edition. Okay.
1: That was one of the concerns. The second concern was, what if we get there and everyone's like 15 and then we have this 40-something guys <laughs> just like sitting with a bunch of kids there playing? That, that was the other concern. So we had I – mean, I mean like what's the average age i I'm Like I don't know. What, what, what if it's like 15 and we're just – I don't know. Right. Just sitting with a bunch of kids. I mean what about it? So we're like, well, whatever. If, if that happens, we'll just try not to look creepy. I mean that's it. We'll play. <laughs> but I, we have we didn't have the slightest
3: idea what to <laughs> expect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I, one thing I would like to clear make clear here: I have to to, to send a uh, uh, great big hugs and thanks to both Hugo's wife and my wife, who are not role players, but they saw they they say we cannot get together. And talk about anything that's not RPG. They cannot imagine us talking about anything else that that's not mm-hmm. RPG. So um, I think they had a lot to do with us actually making it there. Because yes, we wanted to go. He proposed the idea. I said, "Yeah, let's do it." But and then there was a lot of backing up and pushing from from our, our, our wives into making it. Them. I mean, all of a sudden, they looked into the into the plane ticket to say, "Go for it." There's a plane ticket and they did push a lot to make it, to, to make it uh, possible for us to be there. And they backed us up because it's not, it's not easy to, to understand in our culture. Like, wait, 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 what do you mean you want to get together with your friends and play superheroes? You're 40 years old, for God's sake.
0: Come on.
2: I am so glad they backed you guys. That's yeah. excellent.
0: That's one of the things, like, when you get to a certain age, it's like, I don't do things unless the family backs it. Because I don't want to go against the family. Right, and then have to live with that. Yes. <laughs> right, yes. you come Exactly,
3: home exactly. And then I believe this is where you guys came in because that's when Ugo told me, you know, I've I've run into some couple of guys that they're going to be there and everything. So. That's that's I don't even remember how he came in contact with
0: you guys.
1: Yeah. No, basically. So. So what happened was, I mean, in the process of actually looking for information in, in uh, I mean, uh, about Gen Con, uh, I came across a bunch of, of websites. And and of course, I mean, there's they always telling you stuff. Uh, but in the end, I mean, I, that's how I found the High Shelf Gaming podcast. I mean, hey! I, I was looking what to do if you're going to Gen Con is how to prep. And I was just taking notes. And I'm like, okay, I, I just need to be sure. Because I mean, for us, I, I gotta be honest, I, I think Gen Con's great. But if it's your first time, and 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 it's, I mean, you have no one to guide you. It's it's completely daunting. It's, it's it, I mean, mm. where to start? I mean, of course, you have the web page, of course, you have some dates. But I mean, like, when everyone was, uh, I was looking at the forums, and everyone was complaining about housing and how complicated it is. I, 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 I didn't have the slightest idea. I was like, well, can't you just go into, I don't know, like, like, uh, I don't know, like a webpage or Expedia or somewhere or somewhere, and just, just get your hotel room? Right. And the answer was no. Right. And then I'm like, oh, well, why what, what are you telling me, I mean, do I have to do something different? And then, okay, so where do I get the tickets? Is Even when we got into Gen Con, you get into the, the convention center. So it's like, okay, so we are supposed to be where? And and I think everyone's very helpful in the end, but it's it's very daunting. If it's your first experience at Gen Con, it, it's, you really don't know where to start i mean I, i've gone to a lot of other conventions i mean mm-hmm. like electro- electronics all that and then you kind of like always know where to go and you, it's like oh yeah sure it's just you have there the booth and you just get your batch there and all that but in here it's like you see people everywhere and you see people playing everywhere you have hotels it's it's like so much stuff going on uh, for us i mean we're like okay we really need someone just to give us Give us a general direction of what we should be doing or what, what should we be careful about? Because, I mean, even when we did the event registration, I, I asked Fernando's like, OK, so what do you want to play? And he was like, well, whatever. It's like, well, let's try D&D and let's start getting some games in there. But I mean, tell you the truth is I think half of the games we put in, we, we didn't know what to expect. Right. Yeah. And, and
0: and there's so little information exactly. for a new player, you know, like or for a new attendee. They don't say, hey, by the way, the housing portal is super important and you have got to be on your game for the housing portal. Like they don't tell you how important it is to be there. Moment one to attend the oh, game, you know,
2: God, I don't need more competition.
0: <laughs> well, but they just don't. You know, they say, hey, here's the day to start registration. They don't tell you that if you miss, you might not get right? <laughs> they don't tell yes. you that. and It's just like, oh, so important to know. Here's how you actually get to attend these things.
3: Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure we missed out on a lot of stuff. I mean, we had a blast. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I'd like to say a, a big hello to Ian, who was our first DM ever in, the, in Gen Con, and he made nice. it a blast. We had so much fun, which I think that's an important factor on your first Shen Khan. we played a game called demon hunters and we had such a blast he was such a good dm that it made it, it was an important thing for us to walk in there walk
0: out of there and say hey that was awesome is demon hunters a role-playing game a board game what is the
3: it's a it's a, it's a role-playing game based off of the fate system nice we had so much fun. we walked out of there and went and looked for the for the game because it was it was it was very very fun that's great. And, uh, and the guy was, you know, he was a good GM. He, he let you find, he, he had everything prepared. And uh, unfortunately, we did have a bad experience on our last game that we played, but which made us think, hey, that was an important issue, and an important factor that Ian Ian had uh, everything prepared. And uh, he was a smooth running adventure. We had fun, we laughed, we had our moments. And it was it was an important factor, definitely.
2: Oh, I like the buddy system too. That really helps on getting your food done, right. Getting to have a good time in an event, because there's always at least a little chemistry between you two that other people can play off of.
0: Yeah, that works too. You're right. Completely. So other than the events, how was getting to Gen Con? How was the housing situation? How was your whole Gen Con experience? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of effort did you have to do, probably over and above just getting on the plane and show up?
3: I will be very honest. Before I hand that over to Ugo, I just let him take care of it. And <laughs> it with my with my working hours and all of that, it was much pretty much easier for me to just told him, "Hey, just point the way, and I'm in." And he'd ask me, "UK, we got to check what game we're going to play." And I said, "Look, I just want to check a game of fifth edition to see where I'm off." Uh, a game of uh, Star Wars to see where I'm off, you know, to clear up stuff. Because my idea here, uh, yeah, that I thought it was really experts. good. I thought it was experts oh. that, like, <laughs> in the game, and then I found out no, anyone can be a DM, right? But That's... I thought it was experts, so you could clear your 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 doubts. So as long as we was that Google pretty much told me, how about this? How about that? And I said, yes, yeah, sure, let's, sure, let's do it. Now, for next year, I will definitely be more proactive because now I know what I'm going for. But he can tell you how, how it
0: was on the ranking and everything.
2: Ooh, did you hear that, Dave?
0: I did. So, did you hear
2: it? He said, next year.
0: Yes, which is the big yes. thing. Well, you're already in. That's the thing. Is like if you, if you leave Gen Con knowing, oh, I'm going again next year, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. And knowing that anybody can be a GM... Do you think that we might be able to someday see a Fernando or Hugo
1: game? We are actually we are shooting for next year. We are definitely shooting to have at least one event for next year.
0: Oh yeah! Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Okay, sorry. I I know we we're only end.
2: in Spanish with Spanish books, and when English speakers <laughs> sit down, and be like, "Good luck." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Talk to us. So what, was it, what was it like getting everything set up? What was your experience actually attending the con,
1: you know, going through all the going on through all that effort? OK, so 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 first of all, I mean, I, I think, uh, first of all, just getting there, it was a bit complicated because it, we don't have any direct flights into Indy. You usually, I mean, we need to fly into one of the hubs, so we'll probably have to be either Atlanta or it needs to be Houston, so so I mean that usually increases the price of the of, of the ticket quite a bit. We ended up finding that probably our best option, and and I I mean I swear to God I think I have a spreadsheet like with so many different variables. So the the best option seemed to fly into Chicago. And then, just take a bus down to Indy. I mean, we Whoa. just did the math, and we said well that needs that's probably the cheapest option and, and we really wanted to spend as little as possible so we could have as as much money as possible just to buy stuff yeah so 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 yeah, I mean, I think we we were just uh well we were chasing the offers uh, i think i mean i i I set up a whole bunch of alerts like for or five, six months until we ended up finding a, a very good plane ticket price. The bus ticket wasn't that much of a problem. But, but then, of course, I mean, it was the housing. I, I, I tell you the truth is I was not prepared to how expensive housing was. If you really want to get a hotel near the convention center yeah. and just being two of us, really, I mean, I saw some of the quotes and I'm like, you know what? I mean, you got to be kidding. There's no way I'm paying this much for 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 a hotel yeah so so it's it's in the end it's like i mean we ended up settling for hotels near the airport so it's not close by and and we we needed to prepare ourselves like okay so we're gonna go out of the hotel we're gonna come back at night so just be sure that you have uh, water we have some snacks you have everything you need because if you forget something it's it, that's at least a 40 hour uh, drive between just getting there and then 40 minute 40 minute drive yeah, yeah you know, I, I was not scared right. i was preoccupied <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but but the concern is real the concern is real is that if i forget something i have to abandon it cuz i don't have time for a 40 minute round trip
2: and trust me, Fernando, I'm scared every year during hotel registration <laughs> whether or not I'm going yeah, to imagine far away. It, is, it really affects things. I love being downtown because you can just go back and put up your feet for a little bit or go have a beer and because, you know, maybe we bring beer in. Go have a beer and then go back. You know, it gives you a moment to be really close. That thinking of losing an hour during the middle of the day at a con, that's a lot.
3: Yeah. It is. yeah, and, and, and you know what? We prepared a bunch of back-to-back games. Oh, yeah. Where we barely, yeah, where we barely had time to go eat or anything. So we've learned now.
0: We've definitely learned. But that's the thing. First year, man, everybody does it. You load up the calendar. Like, I'm putting all this effort to get here. I'm going to get as many events in as I possibly can. And you suffer for that, right? You don't eat. You don't have bathroom <laughs> breaks. You know, it's tough. It's tough.
2: But you know, working in the ER, Fernando, you could probably hook me up with a catheter and a bag for next year.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I thought about, it. And, thought about and, it.
3: Man, I
2: just would never have to leave except for number two.
3: That's gross. <laughs> there you go. And you, There's a there's modium for that. It will just stuff you up for the rest of the day.
0: I now have
2: my gaming doctor on call. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's right. That's good stuff. So, um, so you had a lot of uh, local logistics, all that stuff. Did you guys end up buying like so much stuff you couldn't fly at home? What was that picture yes. like?
1: Oh, okay, yes. I mean, just uh, well, Fernando can tell you about it. He actually had to get an additional bag <laughs> just to get all the loot back. But uh, we really try to fly uh, yes. fly in as 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 as, as let's say as light as, as possible with mm-hmm. not that much uh, stuff in there, but, but really it, when we got there, okay. So it, 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 given all the background we already spoke about, so this was the first time at a con this size and we just get to the dealer's hall and and just, I mean, the first booth, I think we saw was kind of like, I mean, the Chessex booths, oh. booth. So, I mean, the moment you start seeing like dice, dice, dice everywhere and, and yeah. books everywhere, it's, uh you cannot stop buying i and, and, and tell i mean tell you the truth is the last day we were about to buy some additional books, but we were like, you know what it's it, there's no way we, it's not even the space anymore it's just the weight i mean the sheer weight <laughs> of carrying books it's it's extremely it's like
2: complicated. a plane to bring everything back yeah.
3: for you yeah. Plus, uh, plus yeah. you know that there's that I didn't have dice when i was a kid trauma and now there's that there's never enough dice there's not such thing as too much dice
0: oh yeah so i had to stop in every single dice box we found oh yeah oh yeah it's because it's like oh look i could organize them this way and i could have different colors or i want metal or i want ceramic and it's just like you can go broke buying dice you can absolutely go broke just buying DD dice Exactly. Now I found
3: I found a new a new a new thing to buy. one. I mean, you walk into a hobby store and you just gotta walk out with something. So it used to be dice, then I switched it to figurines, but now I got X Wing uh, stuff. Ah, uh, yeah,
2: oh buddy, always a new ship to buy. That's
0: right. That's exactly. Right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. Thing. It's just you know everything is there, and you could you could spend all your money on on the chits, on the stuff around the game, not even buying games.
1: And right now that you're talking about the logistics, so I think, I mean, the other piece uh, when when talking about luggage, so we don't really have the option of shipping stuff back to Mexico. I mean, of course you can do it. I mean, just the shipping prices are r- really high. So it's really? definitely way, way cheaper just to pay for like that. I mean, a, a, an extra piece of luggage. uh buy i mean actually buy a new bag and just get everything on the plane it's i, I mean i can tell you it's it's very expensive it's wow. uh, usually for example if you want to use the us postal service i mean it, it actually works great up until the point where it actually hits the border once it it actually goes into mexico even now it can take forever it, oh. it could take weeks in order to get stuff. So now if you want to use, for example, uh, I don't know, like a courier service like FedEx, DHL, I mean, of course, it'll be there. It's great. It's You have tracking, you have insurance, and it's going to cost more than your plane ticket. So it's it, it's better off just to just get as much stuff as you can and just, I don't know, just get it in the luggage, get it in your hand carry. Uh, there are books. I mean, just Carry them, I mean, in your hand. It doesn't right. care, but it's it's way cheaper.
0: That's it. Okay, so that's a really good feedback. I think it'd be really nice to say, look, if you're an international traveler, realistically, your shipping options are going to be pretty expensive. I remember <clears throat> the, not this past year, but the one before, I saw a Japanese family shipping all their stuff back to Japan. And they're at the little FedEx store that's in the convention center. And they were shipping like 10 things and it cost them a lot of money to send those yes. 10 things back. So I completely... Like Hearing you say it reminded me of that and affirms that, okay, well, shipping is great for me living in the States, but it's not great for anybody who lives outside the States. They really need to be thinking, okay, I need to make sure I buy things that can fit into luggage. And I might be paying a second bag fee or whatever. I might even be buying a bag while I'm here. That's part of the gig, right? That's interesting.
2: Fernando, where'd you find the second bag?
0: Um, I bought, bought one of those um,
3: game tabletop game bags, you know. Oh, very, very long. cool. Yes. Yeah, that's what I bought. I mean, when I bought them by day three, they were like $20 and it fit most of my stuff in there.
0: I was going to say, I, I hated on those in the dealer hall because they're so big, they're like bouncing people around because people forget just how big those bags are. So when they turn to look at something like five people fall over behind them. But. <laughs> If you bought it as a way of getting your stuff yep. back home, awesome. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's what I bought it for. I just filled it up with stuff, and I even had extra space afterwards. I, I used it as a bag. It went under carriage, so it wasn't even a carry-on. Because I bought a carry-on. Uh, it's right here. As a matter of fact, I bought this. Well, it can't be heard, but I bought this bag right <laughs> over here for the for the. Um, X-wing and
0: that I carried with me up in the plane. I was not going to throw that. That, that, that is a, there. that is a really important point that you're making here around. There are some items you just do not check. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You've got to carry it on and you've got to make sure that wh- whatever that is can fit into a carry on. <laughs> exactly. So I did have to buy that. Yeah. Well, I like your bag there cause it's a, uh, the folks at home, it was a little like attaché case. It was like a, you know, a, a, a large brief briefcase. And that's one of those things that could yeah. almost always fit under the seat.
3: And I bought that in the Gen Kong too. I like that.
0: Nice. Nice. I
3: awesome. like that about the place that they had everything for everything. I mean, they had this area only for cases. All I had to do, walk up and say, said, I just bought this. This is what you need. Here's the foams and walked out of there with everything protected.
0: Oh, every yeah. The, the custom foam guys. Was like, Oh, you're doing X-Wing? Cool. Here's X-Wing foam. Exactly. Yeah. That is so oh, cool. Like Broken
2: Token. There's a, okay, that's pretty cool. I need to check that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other big topics? Any other big, like, kind of discoveries or any other big, you know, now that you've gone through Gen Con, you know, big uh, feedback items or, or anything like that that's, that you guys would have for us in, a, in the audience?
3: Yes. I think there's a, a one step we have not addressed regarding playing from the 80s, not being able to access stuff, being able to access stuff, now having Amazon to get stuff home. There's uh, another step which we need to address. I think for us it's been important because now I live in a different city than from the people I play with. It's playing through internet. That has yeah. been a major a major change for us. Last week I played with Hugo and the guys they were over in Guadalajara I was over in Puerto Vallarta. We had a blast thanks to the internet and not even not even using one of those portals where you have dice to roll No, no no just we were just playing through through a video audio and you know the honor system. Once you've been a role player for a while, you know there's there's no point in it. yes, I rolled a twenty and I rolled a nineteen and I hit and I hit. And part of the part of the game is when you actually miss and you have to hit, and uh, it, it's what gives it the salt and pepper. But now we do have that possibility of playing through um, audiovisual means with people like like you guys that are, are in the United States. Yeah. that would be the last step that I'd like to address that that's changed our way of role playing from Mexico in the past 30 years.
2: I love it. That has definitely been such a change that really the the advance, I mean, just from audio video to the, the roll 20 platforms to the tabletop simulator platforms that really not only just do video audio, but bringing everything together, it's freaky nuts. And now we've got VR coming that, you know, is, is beta in its lifespan. You know, it, it's, it has a long growth to do in VR. But that's going to be that next conversation of, oh yeah, we're all playing in VR together too. Booze, crazy.
1: And from my side, I mean, uh, also as as a closing comment. So, uh, of course, I mean, you're, we're talking about international gaming. So, I mean, uh, I know that we have a lot of people outside the U.S. playing, and it's probably hard to get a hold of them. So, actually, that's one one of our ideas for next year. Right now, when we were talking about uh, setting up games. We would like just to give it a shot in having a game in Spanish. I mean, it can be Portuguese. I I know there's a lot of role players in Brazil, but we don't know how many actually go to Gen Con. So our idea is, I mean, the more players we can start meeting from other parts of any other other Spanish-speaking countries, I mean, Portuguese-speaking countries, I think the better off we are. Uh, In the end, if we really want to get stuff in Spanish, we really need to show that there's a, there's a business for it.
0: That is, yes. I think you're absolutely right. Unless developers realize, hey, you know, we're going to go to Gen Con. There's like 20 games in Spanish. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start making our stuff for the Spanish audience. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So that's our idea. So I know, I know that if I run a game, I have at least already one person who's going to play. it. So I already have Fernando in there. I just need to get four, five, four or five more players. And
3: I'll tell you something um I've ran with a bunch of dms, and then my time
0: and it was a pretty good d m so guys, you heard it here first, we're gonna see some some Spanish games or some Portuguese games at Gen con next year. It's gonna be these mm-hmm. guys putting it on. I want to work. I want to see if we can't figure out a way for rich and I are gonna be putting on some games. you guys are gonna be putting on some games. Maybe we can do like a group thing. I'm not really yep. sure, but dude, yeah, awesome i'm I'm so pumped for twenty nineteen.
3: Yeah, me too. I, I'd like it if we could also run some of the old-time games. I mean, there was games back in the day that are not run or not even known anymore um, that we used to play, not specifically, but amongst, you know, like Robotech, and then there was Paranoia. Oh, yeah. We had a bunch, a bunch of old-school games, Top Secret and all that.
0: Hugo, yeah, well, Fernando, guys, thanks a ton For coming on and sharing your stories with us and kind of showing us uh, what it was like south of the border and what it was, what it meant to you to come up here and, and go to Gen Con and, and all of that stuff. I mean, that's uh, it's really powerful stuff. So thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thanks for the invite.
0: Yeah. Thanks for the invite. We loved it. And we, we had a blast meeting you guys too. Oh yeah. There was a highlight. There was a highlight getting to meet you guys.
2: Before I wrap up, big shout out to our Spotify listeners. David and I were comparing some notes, and I was like, Spotify? And I, and I guess we have quite a few folks that enjoy that platform. Thank you guys very much.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I should also thank, we have a new uh, iTunes review, um, uh, Beanie. So thanks a ton for the review there, sir. We really appreciate it. Uh, I go way back. He and I are good buds, so I, I super appreciate the uh, the review there, man. All right. Well, everyone at home, thanks a ton for listening. We're going to go ahead and wrap it here. As always, have fun and play well.
2: May all your roles be criticals.
0: Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Gillery. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson, and if you like our style please leave a review for us on iTunes, it's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you.